Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor Podcast. I'm Dr. Taves and as always it's my mission to empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. In today's podcast we're going to talk about the implications of not treating the neck. So what happens if we ignore this problem, which is actually what's happening right now, but we're going to talk about all the details of one, your symptoms. What are the symptoms that pop up when we ignore this neck problem? Uh, and then we're going to talk about how that uh, how that presents as like what diagnoses am I actually talking about? Uh, because for the most part, I've basically just put you in the category of a headache or a migraine. But I'm going to talk about all the different diagnoses that I've seen. Um, and then maybe what are some other things that can be impacted by the neck not moving the way it should? So let's start there. I'm going to talk about um, what are some other things that are sort of like downstream of this neck problem that maybe people don't necessarily think about. So of course we get headaches and migraines. That's what we talk about all the time on this podcast. Headaches and migraines can stem from a neck problem, this loss of movement in the neck. But let's talk about what that does to the neck itself. So Oftentimes, patients will have the referral pattern to the head or the face, and that's what we're, we're calling a headache and a migraine. But what happens to the mid and the lower portion of the neck? So I've, I've said this before, but when patients come into the clinic, they don't necessarily have a loss in their general range of motion. So they can still turn their head to the right and to the left uh, about 80 to 90 degrees, which is normal. That's a normal range of motion. But it's doing that by increasing the amount of stress through the middle and lower segments of the neck. And so that just because someone has good general range of motion does not mean that their neck is moving the way it should. And so that increased stress on the middle portion of the neck is usually, let's say it's C3, C4, C4, C5. Um, those segments over time will present with wear and tear. Now, what are the implications of that? So if there's wear and tear, if there's increased stress through the middle portion of the neck, so C3 through C6, um, those joints will present with arthritic changes on an x-ray or an MRI. This is typically in my patients that are in their 50s, <clears throat> potentially 60s. So they've had, let's say, decades of time that the upper part of the neck has not been moving and it's increasing the amount of stress through the middle and lower segments. Now, what happens when we see an x-ray that shows arthritic changes to the middle portion of the neck and the patient has come into the office with headaches or maybe they have like pain into their shoulders or in their arms, numbness, tingling, carpal tunnel syndrome. Well, oftentimes, I've talked about this before, but that leads down this road of wanting to fix that arthritis and when we say fix arthritis, that's either an injection or a surgical approach. When what ultimately the, prob the problem is stemming from the loss of mobility in the upper part of the neck. Because every time you turn your head, half of your movement should come from the C1 and C2 segment. So that joint should be doing half the work. And when it's not, the middle portion has to pick up the slack. So that's the first thing is the middle portion of the neck has increased stress. When it has increased stress, that leads to uh, degenerative changes, meaning arthritis, degenerative disc disease, maybe even a herniated disc, 
And those changes, if we get to that point, can cause their own problems. Now, some of the problems that the, the wear and tear to the middle portion of the neck can cause are numbness and tingling into the upper extremities, so into your uh, hands or your arms. So oftentimes carpal tunnel syndrome is actually uh, originating from a neck problem or maybe it's compounded by a neck problem. And there's data to show this, that if you treat the neck, the outcomes for carpal tunnel syndrome improving actually go up. And so carpal tunnel syndrome, so the numbness and tingling that you'll have in your hands, kind of the palm of the hand, oftentimes patients wake up with it and they have to like shake their hands uh, to get them to wake up. That is, uh, that is something that is likely uh, stemming from not just a, a wrist uh, issue in the carpal tunnel, but also a neck problem because those nerve roots that leave through the middle portion of the neck can be uh, can find themselves with less space. Less space means that the nerve might not get as much blood flow. It might not be as happy. And when a nerve's not happy, it's either a burning sensation uh, or numbness and tingling or like a loss of sensation. So, and, and eventually it can get to the point where you, we see muscle weakness. And usually when you hit the point of like you're dropping things, your your hand is feeling weak, uh, oftentimes that's, that's more of an indication of, okay, this has gone so far, we actually need to intervene surgically. But um, still, I would like to see patients go a conservative route, e even if they've kind of gotten to that point, because chances are we can spare six weeks going through treatment just to see if we can see a change. Um, and then the, the numbness, tingling, burning sensations down the arm because of the increased stress to the middle portion of the neck, that is common. There are lots of patients that are receiving spinal fusions for that type of thing. And uh, spinal fusions, I looked it up, uh, we have, it says 132,000 uh, of these anterior cervical um, fusions uh, nationally. So, and that's, that's uh, from a PubMed article. So um, 132,000, it's kind of, you know, it's an objective number, so I trust that. And uh, 132,000 people are getting spinal fusions every year. That's a, that's a major procedure. That is like, um, I believe it's in the six figures as far as what they're going to bill. And um, it's taking away mobility in a joint. And the indications for that should be that you're having a central stenosis. So that's when your spinal cord itself is actually sort of losing space. But oftentimes the uh, wear and tear to the middle portion of the neck affects more the, the nerve roots. And those are the nerves leaving the spinal cord. And uh, that will present as the numbness, tingling, or burning sensations, maybe even carpal tunnel type stuff. Um, and then we need to treat that by addressing the upper part of the neck. So if we can get the upper part of the neck moving, it takes stress off the middle portion of the neck, and the problem can be solved. All right? So we're not taking away arthritis. We're not taking away the uh, degenerative disc disease. But we're taking stress off of those discs and off of those joints so that that the neck can function the way it should. And so we're, we're looking upstream. Um, I've heard this story or the analogy uh, said that there's, there's um, these guys, they're fishing, they're by a river, and uh, it's, it's kind of weird and morbid, but basically they, they see a baby floating down the river, so they have to save it, so they jump in, 
And then they another five minutes, another baby comes. So they have to jump in and save the other baby. And and then they just see more and more babies coming. And then they're they're working so hard to save these babies. And one guy starts to walk away. And his friends go, whoa, what are you doing? And he says, well, I'm going to go get the guy that's throwing these babies in the river. So um, what the the process here is that we need to figure out what's upstream. And we need to solve the problem in the first place. And the problem with the middle portion of the neck is likely the upper part of the neck not doing its job. So thinking upstream is actually going to solve uh, the bigger picture, whereas just putting it, uh, fusing the neck can be an option for certain patients, but it's it's also not addressing um, the original problem. We also have jaw dysfunction. So if your jaw is locking, if it's clicking, if it's popping, that can be a result of the upper part of the neck not doing its job because your head uh, and your jaw sit on your neck and your neck is the foundation of your jaw. So if your neck is tilted one way, if there's tension pulling your jaw one way, the jaw over time will have stress through it. So the joint itself can show that same arthritic change, but oftentimes it starts with just muscle tension. So patients will have pain, kind of a dull, achy pain throughout the day. It'll get worse with long conversations, uh, maybe if they find themselves laughing a lot at a dinner party, um, or chewing certain foods, so they'll stay away from certain chewier foods. Now that can be a neck problem. The jaw typically needs to be addressed. The teeth come into play with that. We need to correct the bite, but oftentimes the neck can be sort of the original problem. And so with anyone with jaw pain, I always like to address the neck as well. And then we have eye strain. So if your neck is restricted, your brain is wanting a signal from your visual system, so from your eyes, that is appropriate. So what that means is that if your head is tipped to the left by 10 degrees or 5 degrees, and that's where you like to rest, your eyes are going to want to send a signal to your brain that's on the horizontal plane. So your eyes will have to actually sort of um, torsionally work harder so that what it's receiving, this visual input, is what the brain wants to see and, and can make sense of. So a couple thing, things happen. If that goes on long enough, you can actually have dizziness or headaches that stem from stress on the eyes. And, and that stress on the eyes, like I said, can be from uh, the neck, not the head not sitting properly in the neck because of tension and this loss of movement. Um, so eye strain, eye fatigue. Uh, I've, I work with an optometrist that knows a lot more about how the eyes are affected by this. Uh, but essentially, from what I understand, if your eyes are not coordinating well together um, because they are stressed out with just normal daily activities, so it's like reading a book um, or looking at, at your phone or a tablet or even having conversation, a close conversation with someone that's only like a couple feet away from you, um, those things can can cause increased stress through your eyes and, and um, leading to a headache, eye strain, fatigue, maybe you don't want to read, stuff like that. So the eyes are affected by this. Ear ringing or eustachian tube dysfunction. So tinnitus is very, very common for patients that have this upper neck problem and it goes hand in hand with like headaches and migraines. A lot of patients I treat will have ear ringing and it is probably not their primary symptom. Oftentimes it is though, but uh, most of the time patients will come in with headaches or migraines and then also tell me that they have uh, ear ringing or tinnitus that they've been diagnosed with. 
Um, so how I explain that is there's there's tension that's developed in the upper part of the neck. So these muscles are responding to the joint not moving, and these muscles really want the joint to move. And so they're trying to get this motion, but over time, they just will fatigue. And so that tension is kind of always there. Now that tension in the neck is in close proximity uh, to the eustachian tube, uh, to the ear. And so that tension, one of the effects it can have on the ear is just that sort of ringing, that high-pitched tone uh, that you'll hear. And now this is something I've experienced personally. So actually this week, I'm working on a patient, I'm leaning forward, my head's forward, and I'm like, wow, my, my neck feels tight. And as I'm thinking about how tight my neck is, my ear starts ringing. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's interesting. Uh, my right ear now is, it ha I, I was experiencing tinnitus. Um, and along this, at the same time, my jaw was kind of irritated. Um, and so I'm, I'm sort of like living this out and understanding like, wow, my, my neck is the problem. I know I have a neck problem. Uh, my jaw hurts. And when it's exasperated, when it's increased, I will also get ear ringing. Uh, I also have a tough time flying because of that. So on uh, commercial flights, I will oftentimes need to chew gum. Um, I've heard of these things called earplugs. I haven't actually used them, but they, they can help regulate pressure in your ear. So those eustachian tubes with which help us regulate pressure um, can be dysfunctional with neck tension as well. And sometimes that's where, so my worst experience with like head or facial pain was with flying and the pressure built up so much, it literally felt like my head was going to explode. I couldn't lift my head off of the tray in front of me to even talk to the, or acknowledge the person next to me. I mean, I, I, I was, I was miserable. Um, and so when people ask me if I've had migraines, I, um, I tell them that story. I don't, I don't have migraines. But that was the closest thing I've experienced to like, wow, my, my head literally feels like it's going to pop. Um, my brain feels like it's going to pop out of my head. Um, and I don't know what's happening. Um, but the pressure change, my neck was tight. I mean, there was just sort of a perfect storm for me in my scenario that led to that severe pain. And then we get shoulder tension. So the shoulder is attached to the upper part of the neck, sort of the, the mid and upper cervical segments. Um, will be the origination of the scalene muscles and then the upper trap also sort of climbs along the backside of the neck. Um, and uh, so these muscles will be affected if the neck is restricted. Uh, they will have to sort of engage in rotation. They'll also have to engage in just your resting posture. So if your head is forward, you'll need stronger, bigger muscles to help keep your head up throughout the day. Uh, in addition to those uh, postural muscles, and oftentimes the postural muscles, which are sort of smaller, they're meant for uh, uh, a more prolonged contraction, but they're not necessarily the, the big ones that are going to um, show up like at the gym when you do a workout. Uh, but those postural ones are typically weak. And so these, these bigger muscles like the scalenes, like the upper trap, um, and then especially the levator scapula, these ones kind of kick in and have to do more work. And not only does that affect the amount of tension through the neck, and so it adds additional tension the longer that goes on, but it will also change the way the shoulder functions. So when you lift your arm up overhead, your shoulder blade should actually rotate upward. And if the levator scapula is just constantly in tension, um, the levator scapula wants to just elevate the shoulder blade. And so if it elevates, 
and doesn't allow it to rotate properly, that can lead to what's called impingement syndrome. Now, a lot of people have impingement. It's just when you lift your arm, it gets kind of stopped at, uh, let's say, like 90 to 110 degrees. So when you're reaching up overhead, you're like, wow, that kind of hurts, and then you bring it back down. So that can be something that's impacted by the neck. That shoulder problem can also impact the neck. So all these things kind of go hand in hand. Uh, but oftentimes, uh, the the neck, uh, I would say, is um, the the sort of original problem. Not always the case, but I think uh, I think in a lot of cases the neck is the original problem. Then our body's just compensating to respond to that neck issue. All right, so let's talk about what are some of the symptoms that I've seen. So I'm just going to, I have a list here. I'm just going to read them off. So inability to concentrate, word finding difficulties. That's like brain fog. Patients say that all the time. Visual disturbances. So that's the aura that's uh, attached to migraines. Numbness and tingling in the face or the extremities. Now that's one of those that when people get that, they think, wow, this is something different. This can't be my neck. But I do see that, and it's actually not uncommon. So throbbing sensation, that throbbing pain, that pounding, you think, wow, this is a vascular problem. This is like blood vessels in my head. But again, that's very common. I see that all the time. And again, these symptoms are symptoms that I've seen in the clinic, and I see often, and they get better. They improve, and all I'm doing is working on the neck. So ice pick like pain. Ice pick pain into the eye, ice pick pain in the temple, ice pick pain in the forehead. That ice pick like pain is uh, almost never seen as a neck problem if, if you're in the uh, MD world of you know primary care neurology. Tension type headaches. Tension type headaches can be uh, a challenge, but that sort of uh, band of pain in the, in the temples or the forehead, uh, I see that all the time. So pain rating from the shoulder. So oftentimes patients will have pain in their shoulder and it'll wrap up and around their head. Um, dizziness. Dizziness is also very common. Dizziness uh, can stem from the neck. And uh, I have a podcast episode on this, but the the brain is trying to receive uh, a signal from the neck. It's saying, hey, neck, where are you? What's going on? Um, where are you in relationship to, to space? And if there's tension, that signal can be faulty. That can lead to dizziness. So dizziness is very common. Um, jaw pain. So we talked about that a little bit. Um, eye pain or tearing of the eye. So I have a patient right now I'm working with, and I've had several in the past, uh, where they have eye pain. Their eye will get kind of like irritated. They'll get teary. Um, ear pain, um, and, and then pain in the neck. I also have a patient who every time he would cough or sneeze, he would get a sharp, extremely painful sensation kind of in his eye or in his head. And he just had to sit curled up wherever he was for about a half an hour. And he said he went to doctor after doctor after doctor and no one could figure out what was happening. And uh, I worked on his neck and after about a month of treatment, he was fine. And he's to the point now where he... um, he hasn't come to see me in months and he, and he's doing very, very well. Um, it is not an issue in his life anymore. It's just a neck problem. So because he was coughing or sneezing and I was increasing the amount of pressure through his neck and that's how his body was responding. So here are the diagnoses that patients have come to see me with and that have gotten better. Now this might be helpful for you because a lot of times people will receive a diagnosis and they'll want to know, has 
has Dr. Taves seen this diagnosis and has he had success with it? So just know all of these that I'm listing are common. I see them all the time in the clinic. And yes, most of the time they do get better. So occipital neuralgia, hemiplegic migraines. Now the hemiplegic migraines, um, those are like the scary, am I having a stroke? Um, if you have stroke-like symptoms, go get that checked out in the emergency room. But if you have that and, and you know like this is just another migraine, this is how my migraines present, then come see me because it's likely a neck problem. Uh, migraines with or without aura, it's probably the most common category of patients I see. Uh, hormonally related migraines, again, that is a type of migraine that oftentimes leads people down the road of like, oh, this isn't a neck problem because it's so connected to my cycle. Um, atypical migraines, another uh, another one that so that doesn't that means a migraine that doesn't necessarily present with pain. Um, and so there's visual disturbances. Um, there's maybe like numbness and tingling. So there's these these sort of like secondary symptoms um, rather than pain that present. And so we call that an atypical migraine. And I've seen several patients like that. And oftentimes they do get better because the neck can can be seen as a source. Uh, trigeminal neuralgia, cluster headaches. Cluster headaches are debilitating, uh, but they do have a very distinct like on like start and stop. And, uh, and, and sometimes can be even predictable in how they present. But um, cluster headaches, I've seen those, and, and uh, most of the time they will respond. Uh, lots of patients have gotten better with my approach. Um, tension type headaches, most all of those patients get better. Um, cervical radiculopathy, so that's the numbness, tingling, pain down the arms. Um, tinnitus, uh, tinnitus, however you, however you want to say that. And then, of course, cervicogenic headaches. Um, there's a longer list of that, but just sitting here off the top of my head, that's, um, that is the list I came up with. So if you have any of those diagnoses and you have been wondering, can this guy help me? Um, the answer is likely yes. Um, and it's an astounding yes. If you're sitting there thinking like, I, I should make this decision on my own. I should just keep listening to his podcast. And at some point, He'll tell me and give me clear indication like, oh yeah, he can't help me. Well, what I'm telling you is most of the time, the answer is yes, I can help you. And I don't want you to make that decision on your own. That's why I offer the free discovery visit virtually or in person. Um, I give you a half an hour of my time just because uh, I am so passionate about this stuff. And I know that it's hard for people to come around to the understanding that all, all of this could be a neck problem. And no one has really talked about this before. And where is this guy getting this information? And how can he claim to, to help all these people? Well, it, it's because I've been doing, I have this clinic for two and a half years. And there's probably been five or 600 people that um, their life has been changed because I've been able to, to help them through this process. And I'd love to do it with you as well. Thanks again for listening to my podcast. Uh, I am Dr. Taves. I, I'm the headache doctor on TikTok or on, on Instagram, uh, Facebook. If you want to look up Novera Headache Center, that's our clinic. And uh, it's my mission to empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. Thanks for listening.